All right, everybody. It's another episode of the Behind the Mic Podcast, Season 2, Episode 21. Wrapping up Season 2. Next week, we got the mega episode that you're definitely going to want to look forward to today. You've got me solo. So again, Facebook is BTM Podcast Alex. Twitter is BTM Podcast underscore Alex. And then Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, three of many outlets that you can find us on. So, like I said, guest today is me. Tell you a little bit about myself, maybe where the idea of this podcast came to be, and then get you set for the mega episode next week. So, I went, I'm from Central Illinois, and I went to junior high school in at St. Mary's in Metamora, Illinois, and I played basketball, baseball, ran track, dabbled in a little bit of everything you could say. Um, so I played basketball fifth through eighth grade, at least, if not longer. And when I would get up to the point where I was one of the primary players, and I don't mean primary like star, I don't talk in that nature about myself, but, um, when we were the feature game, seventh grade or eighth grade, um, I would play in the seventh grade game then turn around and announce the eighth grade game. And then eighth grade year, it would flip. And that's kind of where it started. And then the one of the parents of a teammate of mine um, from that junior high level happened to be the athletic director or secretary for our high school at Metamora. And um, turns out that she had talked to my mother and said, hey, you know, you should tell Alex uh, to talk to our athletic director, you know, maybe, maybe get some announcing. And little time passed, graduated eighth grade. Then freshman year of high school, got my uh, first announcing gig. I um, helped out, kind of split the duties on baseball. Um, I did varsity baseball at our high school. Um, that's actually a gig I technically still hold. Um, not full season anymore because with all the sports being messed around with due to COVID. Um, I, I, I'm only partial season now, but um, that my first game was March 26th of 2013. Metamora hosted Olympia. And since then, it's been a wild ride over um, over 800 athletic events. And if it wasn't for COVID, I'd probably be getting pretty darn close to 900 by now. But um, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, right? So that's kind of how I got started as to why I wanted to get started. It's a slightly different story. We stay in Metamora for that. Um, so in our town, as most small Midwestern towns are, football is king. Um, it's the driving force of our town, you could say. Um, definitely has the biggest fan base, definitely brings in the most money concessions wise and such. Um, I was at just about every game, or at least any game I could make. Um, and we obviously had a public dress announcer. Uh, and I definitely want to give him a shout out here. His name's Gary Baranowski. Um, very nice gentleman. Um, in our local sports papers forums online, he had actually at one point been referred to as the voice of God. He's got one of those deep voices. Um, 
that really resonates through a crowd. And I heard that voice and I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy on the field getting the crap hit out of him left and right for, well, depending on what level of play you're talking about, as little as 48, as many as 60 minutes. I want to be the guy up in the booth calling out the names. And I was actually interviewed for a story um, about that part of my career a couple of years ago. And that was something I said. I said, you know what? I like that guy. I want to be that guy. And the gentleman that wrote that story um, used the phrase that I viewed him like a local celebrity. And now I've been working for Metamore High School. This is my eighth calendar or eighth academic year with them. And I view him more as a colleague now. Um, but back then he was a local celebrity because he's the first true person I looked up to in wanting to be in this industry. And I stayed with high school uh, as time passed. Um, my number of sports expanded. Um, I've done baseball, I've done girls soccer, I've done both genders of basketball. Um, I think I've done a little volleyball. I've essentially worked at least one event of every sport at our high school that warrants a public address announcer. Now we don't have every sport that, you know, maybe some of the bigger, you know, bigger city high schools might have. Um, but every sport that we have that warrants a PA announcer, I've more than likely worked at some point in time. And, you know, that, that was kind of interesting because after that, I started getting into broadcasting. And I know this is a public address announcers broadcast, so I'm not going to elaborate a whole bunch on that. Um, but after Metamora, I graduated in May of 2016. In May of 2016. I don't know why I was trying to say there, but um, graduated in May of 2016 then moved on to Illinois Central College. Um, went there for a couple years. And while I was there, I started broadcasting for their women's basketball team. And first of all, that gig has been a blessing to me. Um, they've treated me extremely nice. And I, you know, I feel like I'm part of the family. And when they welcome somebody in our role, whether it be public address, whether it be broadcast, um, as part of that metaphorical family, it, it makes you feel, makes you feel good. And, um, but anyway, so when I started broadcasting for them, um, the gentleman that did public address, still does public address as do I with broadcast, isn't going to be able to make every single game. In fact, most of us, unless that's a requirement of the rule, probably aren't going to make every single game. So I would occasionally fill in for him, do PA there. And I'm like, you know what? Not only do I like public address, I like doing it at the college level. I, I love college basketball. There's just something about it. So I took the liberty myself um, to use the old Google machine and look up the email addresses of some sports information directors in the area. I looked up someone at Illinois State who's no longer there, um, has moved on to another university. Um, and then for Bradley, um, gentleman that's still there, um, Jim Ray, um, who's the sports information director and women's basketball contact there. He's one of the SIDs anyway. And I heard back from both. Um, Illinois State wanted me to come out to their women's soccer field um, and do a little bit of reads for them. Normal's about an hour's drive uh, from where I'm at in Germantown Hills. And so I went down there. 
and did some reads. He said, yep, we'll have you for women's soccer. Um, and that role has kind of fluctuated. Um, last couple of years, I've been calling stats. Um, and then, you know, I'm on, I'm on deck, you know, if their P, if their PA rotation ever, um, well, falls down to me. Um, but Bradley, um, I was brought in, uh, Jim said, once you come in on X date, actually the posters right behind me, it was November 5th of 2016. It was a weekend and it was a double header. They had women's basketball in the afternoon and a couple hours gap and then volleyball that night. He said, if you want to come by, attend the women's basketball game, see how things work there. We'll put you on the mic in between games, do some demo reads and what have you. Um, and then if you want to go grab a bite to eat or something, then come back for the volleyball match. That's exactly what I did. And so we sat down in between games and we're thinking, okay, what do I want to say? I said, well, I'll do my, my welcome. So I, you know, I go into the, you know, welcome to Renaissance Coliseum, da, 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 go into that. And they say, well, what have you done? What would you like to do? Whatever. And I said, well, basketball is probably my favorite sport, um, but I could also do maybe a little volleyball, a little bit of softball, baseball, that kind of thing. Ironically enough, I worked at least one game of every one of those sports at Bradley. Um, I did women's basketball for three years, 2016 to 2019. Um, and I may or may not be in the rotation uh, for this upcoming school year. Um, that's kind of up in the air with COVID and what have you. Um, volleyball I did for two years, which is a lot of fun. Um, softball I did for a couple, uh, which is just as much fun as well. A beautiful facility. They play at a place called the Louisville Slugger Sports Complex um, on the outskirts of Peoria, if you will. Um, but women's basketball, obviously working for that Bradley team has been so much fun um, because their head coach, Andrea Gorski, um, is an alum of that program, graduated in 92, I believe. Um, so my first year as PA was her first year as head coach. So I got to see the change, the change in culture, the rise of the program from the PA chair kind of as things progressed. You know, they brought in some top-notch recruits, and I was actually doing an interview with her for a school project, and one of the things I talked about was they went from two seasons of near, of at or nearly 20 losses to back-to-back 20-win -back seasons, 20 last year and 22 um, in 2019-2020, um, and they were picked preseason number two in the Valley. Uh, so, first of all, to get to have the PA chair for that is incredible. Um, for D, to have a D1 basketball public address job, I think has been amazing. And it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch uh, these ladies play basketball over the last, well, four years. This past year, I was a fan. Um, but the previous three years, um, getting to be in the PA chair is pretty cool, too. And that's where I'm going to get into the technicality um, of my role. Um, perhaps those of you that have been listening uh, to the episodes, I tend to ask the guests about what a specific role of theirs is like. Um, so you'll have to forgive me. It's been since the 2018-19 season since I've worked Bradley women's basketball, but I feel like that's the gig that I can break down relatively the best. So let's see, pick a tip off time. We'll say seven o'clock. Uh, seven o'clock tip off. I'm trying to get there between 5.30 and 5.45 at the latest. 
And the reason I get there when I do um, is because I want to make sure, because not as a mid-major, not every school you play is necessarily going to have a sports information director. Sometimes it's the radio broadcaster. Sometimes you even have to go straight to a coach. That being said, the first of those two, or either of those first two, whether it be radio broadcaster or one of, a member of the actual coaching staff, they've got a schedule, whether it be a programming schedule for the radio broadcaster or a run of show to get ready for tip off for the coach. So I would try to get there as early as possible to set my stuff down, unpack everything, maybe not even plug in everything, um, and make a beeline straight for the opponent's bench, go through pronunciations. Hi, my name's Alex. I'm the public address announcer. I just wanted to go over your roster, verify any scratches that there may be today, as well as pronunciations. Then I'd go through that, and then I'd go back, and I'd put those in the scorebook. Now, I actually think... Um, yeah, I have a copy below me. Now, for those of you that are listening audio only, you won't see this, um, but I have the official NCAA scorebook. Um, and the reason I have that is because it allows me to be the most up to par um, with the official rules and such. Um, because when you're working an NCAA basketball game, you don't want to be to stray from it. I'm not saying you have to follow every single rule to a T, but I feel like there are stretches where you want to at least be close to it. So I use the official NCAA book um, and I'll fill out rosters. Usually for our team, in this case, it was Bradley. I would just fill out the entirety of the roster, scratches or no scratches. Um, and I just make sure to put like a little X or something next to one of the players uh, that may not be playing that night. And so, you know, follow along with that. Um, usually about 30 or 40 minutes, uh, the three years I did PA for them. Uh, their marketing director, director of creative services in that general vicinity, it would vary uh, from time to time as to who was sitting next to me. Um, but my script would usually arrive in the chair about 30, 40 minutes before tip off. And my reads would typically start 10 to 15 before tip off. And so I would have that utilize as much time as possible of that. Um, to go through the reads and then, well, you know, make sure are there any typos or, you know, is there maybe, you know, like the Missouri Valley Conference has a deal with ESPN where they call it the Valley on ESPN. So when I made that read, I would always like to enunciate the Valley on ESPN, you know, so little things like that, where maybe I could add a little bit of a personal touch to the read, um, so that's how I handled things through those first two years. Then that last year, as I started to get a little more experienced in the public address um, universe, if you will, um, I would start saying, hey, you know, if possible, um, could I have the script emailed to me? Um, because not necessarily because I wanted to put it in my own format or whatever, but, you know, just so I could further in advance uh, work on things. You know, maybe I needed to get to the game later or, Maybe it just allowed for more downtime or more relaxing before the game so I'm not rushing to get everything done. Now, talking about looking ahead of time, I would also go to each university's website. Sometimes, at least to input the rosters, I might do all of them before the season starts, or at least conference, or at least non-con. Um, and then as it got closer to the game, or let's say whatever game I'm talking about, 
is the next game, I'll finally go in and say, okay, how much has their record changed since I put in the roster um, and change that. And so it'll be in a nice, fairly large print. Um, so I can just zip, zip, zip and highlight um, the starters when they're relay when they're relayed uh, to the official scorekeeper. And so that happens. I uh, get to tip off, go through my introductory read. Um, depends. Sometimes there's a pre-recorded video featuring players and coaching staff um, talking about the conference sportsmanship read. Sometimes I have to make that read myself. After that, go to the national anthem, and then lineups, tip off. Typical in-game stuff, some in-game reads here and there. Uh, obviously, as we all do, kind of our own little personal touch to things in terms of um, how we announce made baskets, um, that kind of thing. If it's a typically, if it's a pretty fast-paced team, like, oh, well, I could pick a couple of teams, so I'm not going to spend time on that. But let's say it's a pretty fast-paced team, and I might just say last name. Now, that's not out of spite of the opponent. That's out of, okay, I know we're pretty fast-paced. I know they're pretty fast-paced. By the time I get that young lady's last name in, they're going to be going down the other end of the floor. So that's why I want to make sure I get that out and taken care of. So that's pretty interesting. And then a story within my role at Bradley that's been kind of fun is, I want to say, Late mid-February, um, we were hosting Indiana State, and it's officially now called the Miracle on Main Street, uh, where one of our players, Laisha Petrie, had this insane amount of points in less than a minute. It was like 16 maybe or something of that nature, somewhere in that general vicinity. Um, and it was capped. She hit 1-3, uh, then baseline inbound for the opponent, Indiana State. And then Laisha jumped in front, stole the pass, passed it out to another player who proceeded to pass it back to her in the corner, shot the three, made it again. Great play, right? Well, when I was announcing, so her last name is Petrie, right? So when I was doing the re on the end of her last name, that E, she was already catching that second three and putting it up as I was announcing her last name. So I had to catch myself because I was looking down in my book, writing the three in the scorebook, then proceeded to look back up to see that she had made a second three. So I had to go right back into it. I felt like I had about passed out just out of, you know, knocking all the breath out of me. Um, but that, that was obviously a lot of fun. And I mentioned, um, dabble a little in volleyball for two years. Um, that was real interesting in terms of figuring out the sport of college volleyball. And after a little while, I developed a good enough relationship with the officials um, that if it was if they were within that circle of officials that I knew, and I encourage um, announcers that are just getting started in volleyball or just getting started at a new level of a sport, if you are able to build some kind of relationship with the officials, those are the best people that I've gotten to talk to to say, hey, you know, when you make this symbol, what does that mean? Or if you make this symbol, is that something I can announce? Or is that something you would be okay with me announcing? Um, because rep to rep, line judge to line judge, there'd be some things where with one crew, 
I could say, you know, now serving whomever right up to right up to that serve. There would be crews that as soon as that server was touching the ball, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything. Music couldn't be playing. And there's nothing wrong with that. They just want a tighter ship and crews are going to be like that. So that, that's probably a little bit of specific volleyball touch. Softball was real interesting too. Um, non-starters, starters, you know, that kind of thing. And um, in promo reads, you know, I would say the process is similar to basketball, but more sports specific stuff, you know, so there's not going to be, you know, a halftime read or, Know, halftime promotions or things like that, because that's obviously not how the sport works. Um, but there's been some pretty fun opportunities off of that. Um, work the game at baseball. Um, which for those of you that might know the Peoria Chiefs, the low A affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, um, that's also their stadium, um, along with Bradley's baseball stadium. Uh, so I've gotten to work, I believe, two games there, um, Illinois State and Missouri State. And one of those games is my hot mic moment. Um, when I was making some comment, it was either, and it wasn't too terribly out of line. Um, it was about a, either about a pitching change or a promotion. You know, kind of like, oh, that's an interesting promo. Or if it was a pitching change, it would have been something like, it, it was early in the game, so I was probably thinking, oh, well, interesting, they'd make a pitching change in the third inning. You know, not necessarily questioning uh, the decision-making of the coach or anything. It was kind of like, oh must be hurt or something, you know, to make a change that early. And then, of course, you get the wonky talking message, uh, Alex, your mic's on. You know, and of course, marketing and company, we're all having a, a good time about it. And that's the other thing, you know, like I didn't get decapitated uh, for saying something like that. It's like, hey, you know, you messed up. We know you messed up. We know that you're definitely not going to try to do that again. Um, and the other thing is at that ballpark, that was the push and hold mic. And if you held it, it was on. It stayed on unless you did otherwise. That was my first time in announce, announcing in such a facility. So bottom line is be sure to check the microphone. If it's a new venue, if you're filling in, whatever, always check the microphone so you don't have a moment like I do. And as I start to wind down here, it's not going to be too terribly long of an episode. But I want to talk about advice. Now, I'm certainly one of the younger people you're going to hear from. But two pieces of advice that I've learned, not necessarily just from public address, but in general. For one, be yourself. In a industry such as public address, such as play-by-play, you start losing credibility when you try to be someone else. Now, perhaps you've heard in previous episodes, when it comes to public address, you don't necessarily want people to be leaving the venue talking about you because that generally means you did something wrong. But there are things, you know, I had talked about my personal touches with how I announce particular parts of the game. That's fine. The other thing, have fun. Now, don't, you know, cross the line and, you know, be unsportsmanlike or what have you, but there's a way to do the job and have fun doing it. Because the day you stop having fun doing a job, unless you 
absolutely need to have that job for your well-being, you probably should not have that job. So those are probably the two biggest um, pieces of advice I've received. And the question I've always closed uh, my episodes with, what would you, or what is the favorite part of your job or the best part of your job or however you would like to phrase that, um, wherever you may be listening to this at. The relationships you build, um, I think with the fan base, with the players, some of the roles I've been around with long enough, like Metamora High School girls basketball, like their girls soccer program, like Bradley women's basketball, you start to meet the families. Maybe not many, especially at the collegiate level. But when they come up to you and say, oh, okay, you know, now I can put a name to the face. Or, you know what, I like you. You do a good job. You know, or my daughter or my son's always saying uh, they like the way you announce your name or some, or my name or something like that or whatever it may be. To get, and I don't do it for the compliments, but boy, I would be lying if I told you that it didn't feel nice. Um, just nice to know that the job's appreciated, um, both, like I said, from the perspective of somebody like a parent or a coach or the student athlete. And to get to see the student athlete succeed um, is great because you look back and say, oh, well, I announced for so-and-so or I, I saw so-and-so um, play and you know they were a good kid to announce for, what have you. All right, so before we get going, have some people to thank. Um, Brett Myers and Jeff Smith, um, they were the people that we kind of said, you know, hey, how you doing? Want to catch up? Let's do it over Zoom. Um, and then that turned into, hey, let's have some quarantine. Let's have that quarantine announcer Zoom call. And so we'd had this conversation and um, been having these Zoom calls every Sunday, stopped after a while. And then finally, I said, you know what? I think I could spin a podcast off of this. I'll just have a one-on-one conversation with various announcers at the collegiate, maybe high school and pro levels. And so the quarantine announcers kind of inspired behind the mic. And within behind the mic, I've had plenty of guests and I want to make sure to thank every one of them. Season one, episode one, Brett Myers, followed by Tim Sinclair, followed by Sean Pebbles, followed by Rick Smith, Michael Biamani, John Rook, Josh Miller, Molly Haynes, Matt Noble, Jeff Smith for season one. For season two, Justice Keene, Mike Jansen, Tom Calhoun, Kevin Flink, Jeff Fritzen, Greg Sims, Nick Duranik, Paul Herzog, Colin Cosell, and Ryan Burgess. Wrapping up the guest portion of season two. Alas, but it doesn't. That's exactly right. So a week from today, You'll be able to hear the mega episode. Got a multitude of guests lined up from season one and two. That will be out on Friday the 23rd. The lineup will be out this Friday. Uh, So be sure to look out for who those guests will be. That's not even the last episode. This is where the surprise comes in. I've got a surprise episode. 
And even better, it's a super announcer. That's your first hint as to who the surprise guest is for the episode that follows the mega episode. The mega episode will air October 28th and our surprise guest will join me on November 4th before we finally say so long to season two. Again, a super guest joining me on November the 4th and then behind the mic mega episode on October 28th. So one more time, Facebook BTM podcast, Alex, Twitter BTM podcast underscore Alex. Want to thank all the 20 guests that I've had on the podcast so far and our mystery guest coming up on November the 4th. I want to thank him definitely in advance. And again, I want to thank all of you that have listened to this podcast, whether you've taken it as advice, whether you've taken it as a way to hear a story from one of us PA announcers. I appreciate it all. And I appreciate you being along for the ride. So until next week's mega episode, this is Alex Dobb saying so long, and I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Behind the Mic podcast.